0: Welcome back folks to the Geezer Gus Presents Comedy Series. I'm so thrilled you tuned in. Today's comedy episode is a classic from the My Favorite Husband radio show starring Lucille Ball. This episode is titled George Tries for a Raise. Liz tries every trick in the book to persuade Mr. Atterbury to give George a raise. Frank Nelson plays the waiter. This was a popular comedy radio series in the 40s that your parents and grandparents probably listened to, and really enjoyed, especially with Lucille Ball entertaining before her wildly popular I Love Lucy series. This episode is brought to you by our friends at CritterCaper.com. At Critter Caper, you can watch hundreds of pet and animal videos that will truly warm your heart. There are great pet care and training videos as well. So give CritterCaper.com a visit, and start watching all the great, fun short clips of pets and animals. It's addicting too. Now, enjoy this episode, George Tries for a Raise Starring Lucille Ball. You look in on the Coopers, it's
1: morning. Katie, the maid, is singing in the kitchen as Liz Cooper enters.
2: Some
3: enchanted evening, you were Mr. (laughs) Anger. Good morning, Katie.
2: Good morning, Mrs. Cooper. Across a crowd and (laughs) room. Well, what makes you
3: so happy across an empty kitchen? Oh, Mr. Neggy, the mailman, was just here. Katie, have you been playing post office? No, but I have been giving him a cup of coffee every morning. Oh, I wondered why we've been getting our mail before anyone else in the neighborhood. He must like the way you percolate. <laughs> oh, I don't percolate for him. He's a Silex man. Oh. Oh, that's three kinds of coffee I have to make every morning. I'm an old-fashioned boil drinker. He's Silex, and you and Mr. Cooper are grip. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay.
3: Well, thanks a lot. Oh, well, I, I didn't mean it like that, Mrs. Cooper. I know. Say, was there anything interesting in the mail? Oh, the mail. Where did you put it? Where is it? Where is it? Please, let, let go of my apron. You're choking me. <laughs> It's on the table by Mr. Cooper's plate. Oh, there should be a bill there for Miller's department store. I have to get it out before George sees it. Hey,
1: how come the mail's so early?
3: Too late. Cross your fingers, Katie. Maybe it isn't in today's mail. Oh, my goodness, what's on the bill that's so important? Oh, a little velveteen suit I couldn't resist and shouldn't have bought and finally did and wish I hadn't. (laughs) Oh, I'll bet it didn't even come this morning.
2: Yes.
3: Want to give any odds?
1: (laughs) May I see you a moment, Elizabeth?
3: My full name. Oh, he's really ripping. Start a roaring fire, Katie. He'll want to heat up a few pokers. Oh, yes, ma'am. Good morning, George. How's my little husband this morning? Liz,
1: do you have any idea what the mailman brought this morning? The mail? No. a bill from Miller's department store for $98. Oh. I'm sure you have a reasonable explanation for this. I have. <laughs> Liz, we talked this over last month, and you promised you'd never charge anything again without asking me, didn't you?
3: Yes, George. Well? Let's face it, George. I'm rotten through and through. <laughs>
2: now,
1: Liz, you can't kid your way out of this.
3: Oh, I don't mean to buy those things, George. I just go into browse, and some sneaky little clerk catches me with my
1: charger plate down. <laughs> Lives. Back like the coat last month, then the two hats the months before that, and the blouse before that.
3: Oh, George, don't make me take anything else back to Miller's. You know what they call me down there? Mrs. George Retriever. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm sorry, Liz. Maybe someday we can afford those extra luxuries, but right now we've got to cut corners.
3: Well, it's not my spending that's the trouble. It's your salary. I
1: think it's the least... I know just what you're going to say. George, I think you should ask for a raise.
3: I certainly do. What's the matter with Mr. Atterbury, anyway? You've been with the bank ten years, and you haven't got a thing to show for it.
1: I have, too. Don't forget my ten-year pin.
3: (laughs) Well, pretty soon you'll have to use it to hold your ten years' trousers together. You're afraid to ask him for a raise. I am not. You are, too. Georgie is a sissy. Georgie is a sissy. All
1: right. Now, look, if it'll make you feel any better, I gave Mr. Atterbury a very strong hint yesterday.
3: Really? Did you really, George?
1: I certainly did. We were having lunch, and Mr. Atterbury said... George, it's getting hard for a man to make both ends meet these days. Oh, what an opening. And what did you say? I said, it sure is.
2: That's
3: all? Yes. He didn't get upset by your strong language, did he? George, you've got to speak plainer. Come right out and ask him for a raise. Well,
1: things like that just aren't done down at the bank.
3: Then do it away from the bank. Ask him tonight at dinner. We're eating out with the Atterberries, you know.
1: I won't talk business at dinner.
2: All
3: right, if you won't, I will. Oh, no, you don't. Don't worry, George. I'll bring it up
1: subtly. I know you're subtly. Good evening, Mr. Atterbury. Sorry we're late, and why don't you give George a raise? <laughs>
3: All right, George. I won't say anything if you'll promise me one thing. What? For heaven's sake, don't pay the check. No wonder he thinks you don't need more money. You always pick up the check when the four of us go out to dinner. I do not. You do, too. Although I'll admit it isn't your fault. Mr. Atterbury can out-fumble anyone
1: okay. Now, now, that isn't fair He pays as often as I do Oh,
3: sure You pick up the check for dinner and dancing at the Biltmore And then when we're at the ball game having peanuts He says, it's my turn, boy.
2: <laughs> You're exaggerating
3: Use your eyes, George Every time the check comes, he's looking down, studying his fingers You'd think he just discovered a uranium under his nails <laughs>
1: Now that you mention it, he has done that a couple of times. Sure!
3: You don't have a chance between his fingernails and that trick fork of his. Trick fork? You've seen it. The minute the waiter brings the bill, Mr. Atterbury's fork jumps under the table. And he drops out of sight to look for it.
1: Say, that happened just the other night, didn't it?
3: You know it did. The zipper got stuck in your wallet, and Mr. Atterbury had to stay under the table 45 minutes.
1: Golly, Liz, I think you've hit on something there. Why, that big tightwad.
3: Then you'll make him pay the bill tonight.
1: You're darn right so I will. And as long as we're sticking Atterbury with it, let's stick him good.
3: Oh, you mean order everything expensive?
1: Everything we order is going to be either a la carte, imported, or out of season. Oh,
3: good. I think I'll have caviar smothered in caviar.
1: (laughs) I could just see Atterbury's face when he gets the bill.
3: Yeah, make the waiter crawl under the table and hand it to him.
1: Yeah. And remember,
3: George, now don't weaken. I
1: won't, even if we have to sit and drink water until he gets the idea. Yeah,
3: and if I know him, when we walk out of there, we'll squish. (laughs)
1: What's keeping Liz and George. What time is it, Irish girl? Oh,
4: it's just seven, Rudolph. We're early.
1: Oh. You know, George has been acting funny lately. I think he'd like to ask me for a raise, but he hasn't got the nerve.
4: (laughs) Well, I'm surprised he hasn't asked you. You'd think the bank was making a million dollars the way you throw your money away.
1: Me? Throw money away? What are you talking about, Lotus Bud?
4: For one thing, every time we go to dinner with Liz and George, you pick up the check.
1: Oh, I wouldn't say every time.
4: I would. Although I'll admit it isn't your fault. George Cooper can out-fumble anyone.
1: Oh, now, that isn't fair, Iris. He pays as often as I do. Sure.
4: You buy box seats to the symphony and he pays the tax on free passes to the circus.
1: Well, that doesn't happen all the
4: time. To say nothing of his two wallets. One, he has the zipper welded together. And the other one is made out of a magic carpet. As soon as the check appears, it shifts to another suit at home.
1: <laughs> well, now that you mention it, that does happen pretty often. And if those don't work, he goes to make a phone call. <laughs> well, tonight I think I'll just teach that young scamp a lesson. <laughs>
4: Are you going to outweigh him?
1: You bet I am. George pays the bill for this meal. And as long as we're going to stick him, let's stick him good.
4: You mean order everything expensive? Uh, yeah.
1: Oh,
4: what fun!
1: <laughs> yeah. here, here they come. Remember, the sky's the limit. Yoo-hoo,
4: George boy! this girl, here we are. Hi, Iris. Mr. Atterbury. Oh, this girl, George boy. Hi, everybody. <laughs> girl, sit down, sit down. Hi.
3: My, I'm starved. I feel like eating something extra special tonight. Yes, me too. <laughs> Get the waiter,
4: Rudolph, lest We waste any time.
1: Waiter? Yes, sir? Uh, we'd like to water, please. Very well.
3: Uh, why don't we start off with some champagne? Oh, that sounds good. Yeah,
1: okay by me. That's a fine idea. <laughs> Then you want a bottle of champagne?
3: Yes, bring a bottle for each of us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which would you like, domestic or imported? Imported! (laughs) Uh, Are you sure you haven't had enough to drink already? (laughs) No, 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 it's over as judges. Uh, What else would you have, Liz?
3: Uh, I think I'll have a porterhouse steak.
1: One porterhouse steak.
3: As an appetizer.
1: As an appetizer? Mm.
3: Uh, I'd like a double lobster Thermidor. Yes, ma'am. Oh, that sounds good. I think I'll have that, too.
1: Instead of the steak?
3: No, just pour it over the steak.
1: beef stroganoff i'd like a filet mignon with wild rice and an anchovy salad yes sir
3: oh and some artichokes and drawn butter and
4: some water chestnuts and bamboo shoots
1: and bring a side order of peasant under glass (laughs) what a bunch of spenders
3: (laughs) oh and for dessert crepe suzette and cherries jubilee and a baked alaska uh waiter Waiter, what's the matter? What are you dreaming about?
2: Oh, if I
1: was only working on commission, I could retire. (laughs) Now, let's see. Who ordered the fit shampoo? What? (laughs) Oh, oh, that's French champagne. I'm so excited I can't read my own writing.
3: That was a delicious dinner I'm
1: so full I can't move
4: I'll bet I've gained five
3: pounds How about some after dinner mints? We've had some Well, how about some after after dinner mints mints?
1: (laughs) Well, shall we settle up the check? Will it be cash or do you want to finance it? Come, come, gentlemen, which one of you is the host?
3: You have just heard a solo by Rudolph Atterbury on his magic fork.
1: Oh, pardon me, I'll pick it up. I'll get it. I'll get it. George,
3: just wait him out.
1: What's he doing under there? Stripping down to his money belt? Funny, I can't seem to find my fork any place. Yeah, look, here's the check. Will someone pay it so I can go home? I'll pay it. George. Yes, sir, I'll take care of that little old check. Well, what do you know? I found my fork. <laughs> well, that was quick. Here you are, sir. Oh, now, isn't that the limit?
3: What's the matter, George?
1: I left my wallet and my other suit.
3: Oh, that's too bad. Well, that's liable to happen. <laughs>
1: my knife. <laughs> Let me get it this time. Here. Guess. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Look, I'll make it easy for both of you. Let me decide which one pays. One potato, two potato, three potato, four, five potato, six potato, seven potato, more. My mother told me to take you. Ah, that's you, George.
3: I demand a recount.
1: Uh, I just remembered I have to make a phone call. Uh, I don't think you will. I'll be right. Who tripped me?
3: Nobody. Mr. Atterbury tied your shoelaces together.
2: <laughs>
1: um, what dropped out of your pocket when you fell, George boy? Looks like your wallet. Yeah, we're dead. Well, give me the check, waiter.
3: George, you'd better hit him for that raise right now. We'll need it to pay for this meal.
1: Only oh, as not now. Now, keep quiet. You won't ask him? No. Uh,
3: waiter, will you bring me a paper bag to put the leftovers in? <laughs> For your dog? No, for us.
1: has finally convinced George that he must ask Mr. Atterbury for a raise. She's been giving him pep talks all morning, and right now she's having final inspection.
3: There, now let me look at you. Your suit's pressed, your pants have a nice crease, you're wearing your sincere tie, you have a clean white handkerchief in your pocket. Now, what are you going to say to
1: him? Mr. Atterbury, will you marry me? <laughs> George.
3: Now, what are you going to say? Let's rehearse it. I'm Mr. Atterbury. Go ahead, boy. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> uh, Mr. Atterbury, I don't want you to grant me special privileges. I I realize this is a bad time to ask, but... Uh, oh, for th-
3: heaven's sake, speak with authority like this. Mr. Atterbury, you've stalled me long enough. I demand a raise.
1: Mr. Atterbury, you've stalled me long enough. I demand a raise. Wonderful. Now hurry up while you're still in the mood. Hmm. Mr. Atterbury, you've stalled me long enough. I demand a raise. What have you got to say about that?
3: Mr. Atterbury, we'll see you now, Mr. Cooper.
1: Oh, thanks, Adele. Mr. Atterbury? Yes, Cooper boy, what is it? You've stalled me? Uh, you've stalled me? We'll step on the starter, boy. Let's get going. Well, you see... My time is valuable, Cooper. I just waited a half hour with Joe Ridgley. He had the nerve to come in here and ask for a raise. A raise? Oh, well, what happened? Let's just say there'll be one less glass by the water cooler. <laughs> you fired him? Bluntly, yes. Now, what did you want? Must have been important. Uh, oh, yes, sir. I, uh, I, I wanted to know, uh, uh, could you lend me your key to the men's room? <laughs>
3: so mad? What's the matter? George just called and he didn't get his raise. He didn't? No, he didn't even ask for it. Oh, he's so wishy-washy. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Well, I would, and if he doesn't stop being wishy, I'll have to take in washy. (laughs) Well, there's more than one way to skin an Atterbury. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to heckle him into getting George a raise no matter what I have to do. And I've got some real goofy ideas in my head. (laughs)
1: Oh, George, boy, come in. I've had the most amazing morning. Your campaign manager has been very active. What do you mean? Liz has started a cold war to get you a raise. So far, I've had four anonymous phone calls. No. Yes, and three telegrams. Well, how do you know Liz sent them? Look at the signature on this one. The Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to George Coopers. (laughs)
2: Listen to
1: this. I think you should give my brother George Cooper a raise, signed, Gary. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll
1: tell her to cut it out. Yes, I've had just about enough. Well, come on, boy, let's go to lunch. All right. <laughs> a rock through the window. Let me see the note tied to that. Here. Oh. Dear Mr. Atterbury... George Cooper deserves a raise. Signed, an important depositor. P.S. Sorry, I thought the window was open. <laughs> this will be deducted from your paycheck, boy. Come on, let's go eat. Well, don't worry about Liz, Mr. Atterbury. I'm sure she won't do anything else. Oh, won't she? Do you by any chance recognize that little old lady selling apples in front of the bank?
2: Apples! Oh, apples. no! Uh, buy an apple,
3: mister! Liz! Apples! Buy an apple and help a starving vice president and his wife! Oh, Liz.
2: Buy an
3: apple, Mr. Atterbury! No,
1: I won't buy an apple! Bell- Hello. Well, you finally did it, Mrs. Genius. He fired me. He didn't. I was just getting him calmed down from the old lady bit when in walked ten kids in rags, yelling, "Daddy, I'm hungry."
3: I borrowed them from Mr. Woods next door.
1: I have to clear out of my office by 3 o'clock or he'll charge me rent. Goodbye.
3: Goodbye. Why, that dirty bum, Mr. Cooper. No, Mr. Atterbury, he fired George. Oh, no. But what about the sky writing you ordered? Oh, I'll have to cancel it. Darn it, they were going to write, George Cooper needs a raise from one end of the town to the other. Oh, I'd like to have seen it. Oh, Kitty, have I got an idea? I'm not going to cancel that skywriting. As long as George is fired, I'm going to switch it. what? I'll tell them to... Hello? Hello, this is Mrs. George Cooper. I ordered some skywriting at three this afternoon. What? No, I didn't order. She's lovely, she's engaged, she uses ponds. You've got it all mixed up. <laughs> That's right. George Cooper needs a raise. Yeah, well, I want you to change it. Now, this is what I want you to write instead. Mr. Atterbury is a stinker in letters a mile high. Right? Goodbye. Now, what are you going to do, Mrs. Cooper? Hide? Hide? Nothing. I'm going to go down to the bank and make sure Mr. Atterbury sees it.
1: Well, George, it's almost three. Is your desk cleaned out? Yes, Mr. Atterbury. Well, you can take your things and put them in that large office down the hall. What do you mean? Oh, you really fell for it, boy. (laughs) Everybody in the office knew about your promotion but you. The board of directors voted it this morning. Promotion? You mean I'm not third vice president anymore? No, sir. From now on, you're executive third vice president. I couldn't resist having my little joke. Oh, gosh. I thought you fired me on account of Liz. Well, if she'd pulled one more stunt, I would have. It's all over Come on I'll buy you a drink To celebrate Oh boy This is great <laughs> Well What a break There's Liz You can tell her The good news Hello Liz girl
3: Mr. Atterbury I do not recognize Your existence Come on George Get your things And let's leave This marble sweatshop
2: <laughs> Oh
1: Liz That firing Was all a gag Mr. Atterbury Gave me a promotion
3: A promo Oh George That's wonderful uh, Come with
1: us Liz Across the street I'm by Well Oh, look up there. They're starting some skywriting., ya He's starting with M. R. and Mr. Uh, mister. Oh
3: well, it's probably just an ad for that show, Mr. Roberts. Come on, let's go. No, no,
1: no, wait, I, I get a kick out of these things. You never know what they're going to write next.
3: Uh, yes, you can say that again.
1: Now, let's see Mr. A T.
3: Uh, Mr. Atterbury, will you tie my shoelaces?
1: Liz, you're wearing pumps.
3: You stay out of this. <laughs> look,
1: uh, look, look, look what he's spelling now. Mr. A-T-T-E-R-B... It's probably
3: an ad for that piano player, Jose Atterby.
1: You are why? Oh, that's my name. No, Atterbury. no,
3: no, it isn't. Uh, it's that soft drink, you know. Atterbury hits the spot, five full ounces, that's a lot. Deedle, Liz,
1: I'm beginning to have an awful feeling about this.
3: You have an awful feeling.
1: Mr. Atterbury is... Uh,
3: well, goodbye, George. It's nice to have known you.
1: <laughs> lovely. Mr. Atterbury is lovely. Huh? That's what it says. Oh, Liz, this is a wonderful surprise for me.
3: Well, it's a much better surprise for me. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Atterbury is lovely. Well, come on, let's go get a drink.
0: I hope you enjoyed this latest Geezer Gus Presents episode. Stay tuned for the next exciting episode. Please check back often and make sure to subscribe to my podcast, so you won't miss the new exciting episodes. In the meantime, scroll up or down to find other exciting episodes to listen to. Don't forget to visit geezergus.com to see and listen to all the program categories and episodes. I really want to say a special thank you to all of the Patreon supporters for helping to keep GeezerGus Gus Presents online. Your support is truly appreciated. Thanks for stopping by. Bye bye for now.